Hello, 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 and welcome to Navigating Children's Ministry. I'm so glad you guys have joined me today. If you didn't listen to last week's, this is a continuation of last week's. Uh, we talked a lot about how we can uh, love kids who have experienced trauma uh, and at our special events. Uh, and today we are going to be really diving into how we can walk through discipline, consequences, and you know, harder things like that with those kids. Um, because there will come a time where that is needed. So I'm super excited about that. You guys can check out this episode here is how do we deal with kids um, who have come from a traumatic background when it comes to the issue of discipline Uh, regardless of all of these things right that we have gone through how we can set up our services and our worship time and our uh, lessons and all of that there are going to be times where a kid does need discipline right Uh, none of this is an advocation to just let kids do whatever they want because they have you know, experience trauma. Of course, we want to cater well to them. We want to make them feel loved and welcome. Uh, But there is points where discipline does have to come in and be an element of what happens, right? A kid is not going to be able to grow and learn uh, if there's no negative consequences or positive consequences for their actions. And so uh, here are a few things to, to think on in your own ministry on how you deal with discipline, especially when it comes to kids who have Uh, experience trauma in their life. The number one is uh, reframe how you think of it, okay? Discipline is a tricky subject, um, and uh, it it can get muddled very quickly. But the thing to remember is that discipline is not dealing uh, with hindrances in your ministry, right? Do not let discipline come from the heart of, you are preventing this service from happening well, I'm going to punish you, right? Uh, Don't let it be from the, you know, you have messed up my quiet reflection time. Uh, You have messed up the lesson time. You have uh, caused a disruption that is uh, worthy of punishment. Let every single discipline be a moment of learning in your ministry. Um, And this one is difficult because I think a lot of us have that heart and that understanding as kids pastors. But more likely than not, we're over volunteers in how we communicate that really matters. That's why next week is going to be super important um, as we break down uh, what it looks like to implement these ideas into our ministry. Um, The next thing, uh, and just on that, is seize the opportunity of mistakes, right? We all hear the saying, and we all know, like, there's no such thing as mistakes if you learn from them, right? You're not a failure if you learn from your mistakes, uh, things like that. Uh, Well, that is very true for our kids, right? Use the opportunity of something to make an impact, right? When that happens, don't shame the kid, right? Um, Shame is something that they have probably dealt with themselves. It's something they may feel about themselves already. And so we never want to treat them like a dog who has pooped on the rug, right? We don't want to, no, we will not do that, right? We We don't want to use emotions to manipulate kids into feeling bad. We want to seize the opportunity Um, and help them uh, grow. Don't shame them. Uh, Another component to that is don't make it a one-size-fits-all discipline. Uh, And this one is really difficult. Uh, I think about my own ministry, uh, and we have a system of discipline in ours called the four R's. Um, And so every day we go over these four R's, and they're respect your leader, respect each other, respect the room, and raise your hand if you need anything, right? Uh, and that's the main guidelines and expectations for the kids. And if they don't listen, um, they'll get strikes that kind of go up and count to four with uh, differing consequences as it proceeds um, for the kids. And that is a great general system for me. Uh, but there's kids out there that would 
burn through those four strikes uh, in the first two minutes of being in there. So it's about how we uh, implement that system for the kids uh, to make sure that they uh, are not unequally, uh, the expectations aren't unequally yoked on them, right? That they are not receiving some expectations that uh, don't work for the life that they have experienced. Don't try and uh, make a solution that's going to work for everybody, but get to know your kids and what they need. Next up, uh, one thing you can really focus on it with your leaders is uh, don't try and control what the kids are doing and let the small things pass, right? Uh, we can't sit over a kid who's experienced trauma or golly, at this point, any kid these days and try and control, right? Uh, gone are the days where uh, the expectation is a kid to sit and listen for 20 or 30 minutes to a lesson without making noise, right? They're going to fidget. They're going to move around. I've got many kids in my ministry uh, who will just stand up and they will just walk around. And obviously that's a disruption. But a lot of times it's like, hey, if you want to stand up, why don't you just come to the back of the room where you're not walking in front of anybody uh, and do that. Uh, we have kids who uh, may get up uh, and get a coloring book and come back and sit down on the ground and color as they listen. All of those things are things where, where we could be upset about that. We could be like, oh, no, you're not listening. You're coloring or you're playing with a building block. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, a lot of times it's something the kid may need. They may need to regulate themselves with something to fidget, with something to do, something to distract themselves as they listen. Um, and then uh, jumping into uh, really looking at the discipline. Uh, discipline when there, uh, there are real issues, right? Uh, discipline when uh, issues are serious. Uh, of things that I constitute as serious is uh, anything physical, right? Anytime I see a kid getting physical, and, and there's... There's scales to that too, you know, like a kid may be playing with a, a soccer ball and like run into another one, that's fine, but uh, especially if they are frustrated and out of that frustration, they put their hands on another friend, that's always something I want to address. Another thing I want to address is any unkind words that I hear, right, uh, because that is a direct uh, cause of uh, unsafety for a lot of people. Uh, if a kid is being mean, is bullying or anything like that, then how can I expect the kids in my ministry to feel safe uh, if kids are allowed to just use words to cut others down? And so things like that, things where there are real issues, uh, j just make sure to take time and really address that, right? Uh, and the book provides some really cool systems on how we can uh, discipline these kids, especially kids with uh, you know, trauma in their backgrounds. But uh, the first one is a acronym. It's ACT, A-C-T. And the first one is acknowledge their feelings. So let's just use an example of a kid goes up and they hit another kid. Uh, so you're going to pull them out, right? You're not going to like sit there and publicly shame them. You'll pull them out of the room uh, and you'll start asking questions. Hey, why did you hit Bob? Well, Bob took my car. Uh, okay, so were you frustrated that he took your car? Like, yes, I was mad. And you're like, okay, I understand that that's frustrating. We want to acknowledge uh, that they felt that, right? Like, that's a that's a valid feeling. Somebody took something from you. That's okay to be frustrated. Um, it, but then communicate your limit. C is communicate your limit. Uh, hey, I understand that you're frustrated and you decided to hit Bob, but that's not how we should use our hands. That's not how we should uh, use our bodies. Uh, and so if we hit Bob again, then we're going to have to deal with some consequences. Uh, and whatever those consequences in your ministry are, you can plug and play there. Uh, and then last but not least, your T uh, is, is target the choice 
uh, and let them do something else to express. And this one is an interesting one, and this one that I haven't even fully implemented in mind. Uh, but target that emotion. Are they angry? Are they frustrated? Is there a way that they can relieve that emotion? And so uh, this the, the book recommends even getting something like a punching bag, where if a kid is frustrated, they can go and they can hit the punching bag, um, because that's not a person, right? If they need to express that, uh, having experienced trauma, they don't have the ability to um, regulate those emotions, and so they want to outlet it. Uh, another thing you can do is target those emotions and redirect them into something else. Hey, I know you're frustrated he took your car. What if we went and we started working on building a tower together? Or what if we went uh, and started coloring this instead? Target those emotions and make sure to redirect them in a way that helps them express those feelings. Next up is um, let them regulate those emotions. Like I was just saying, uh, help them see those emotions and express them in a way that that we don't need a fix, right? Uh, the book says uh, the strategy is called name it to tame it. If you have a kid that's frustrated uh, or scared, they have anxiety about coming in the service, uh, they're mad about the way something happened, sometimes all that the kid needs to know is that you as an adult know that they are feeling this and that that is okay, right? And so maybe it can be a, a girl who is afraid to come into service and you can say, hey, you're scared to come in, aren't you? Or are you feeling afraid about entering the room? Uh, and walk them through that. Like, hey, I totally understand. You can even tell a story about a time you were afraid to help connect with the kid. And sometimes all they need to know uh, is that, that you see that they're, they're having an emotion and that it is okay, right? Uh, a lot of times we want to try and fix those emotions or do something or whatever. Uh, but sometimes if we just name it, that's going to tame it. And so uh, do, do things like that. Another thing is, is playfulness. Um, when it comes to that, uh, we have all dealt with a kid that will look you in the eye, uh, and do something that they're not supposed to. And you're like, why would you do this? Uh, and, and in a lot of instances, that's not something where they need discipline, right? A lot of times they're, they're pushing a boundary, they're testing a limit. Instead, we can, uh, you know, reply with something playful, with something lighthearted. Uh, a lot of times a kid uh, may be upset or frustrated, do something that they don't really want to do. Um, but, uh, you know, you can respond uh, in a playful way. The book gave a really good example uh, of one time a kid got a, a sticker um, and he was supposed to wear that sticker, but he didn't want to. And so he stuck the sticker on a poster of a cat. Um, and the leader just let it happen. It wasn't the end of the world. Uh, and instead, when he called all of the kids uh, to head out who had that certain sticker on, uh, he called all the kids or cats that had the sticker on to come and attend. And so the kid uh, responded and was like, oh, wait, uh, that's me. And he actually pulled the name tag off of the cat poster, put it back on, and went with everybody else. Sometimes a kid uh, doesn't need a negative reaction to something that they've done. Uh, and instead, just needs to know that they're loved and that, you know, you're not there to to overbearingly control or do anything uh, unnecessary for them. Another thing to remember uh, is that uh, before we jump into consequences and discipline, always make sure we are doing our best to help them regulate those emotions first. Uh, make sure we're relating to them so that they know uh, and, and helping them reason through those feelings that they have, right? Uh, before we jump into, you know, you've done this, 
here's your consequence. Let's sit down and really talk through it and see if we can work on some some improvements before we jump into things like discipline. Um, and then uh, as we jump into this last component of actually dealing with uh, issues that need consequences, um, don't, in, in any of those, don't push a traumatized kid out, right? Um, you know, a lot of people think, uh, you know, isolation may be the best uh, you know, consequence for a kid, have them sit out, not participate. Uh, but for traumatized kids particularly, uh, and this is probably not the case for everyone, uh, but for a traumatized kid particularly, you have to remember that they already feel like they are pushed out. They already feel like there's nobody there for them. So if we're pushing them out as a consequence, then we're basically just solidifying that for them. And so especially for our kids who have dealt with trauma, uh, work on some different alternative methods uh, to help communicate uh, the consequences for them. In jumping into that, uh, make sure that we understand uh, we're not punishing the kids. Uh, they're receiving consequences. There are consequences for your actions, right? Uh, you're not getting punished because you're bad. You're receiving a consequence because what you chose to do uh, would have a consequence. And there's multiple different kinds of consequences, right? There's natural consequences. And sometimes that's enough for a kid, right? Say two kids are playing together uh, and one decides not to share. Uh, and so the other one decides they're not going to go play with them. Well, if that upsets the first kid, and they come tell you, and they say, hey, Timmy's not playing with you, and you're like, oh, why is Timmy not playing with you? And he's like, well, I, I wouldn't share my cards. Then you can explain, hey, that's a natural consequence. You chose not to share. You chose to be unkind in that way. Uh, because of that, you received that consequence. Um, same for, uh, you know, a lot of things where uh, a kid may be frustrated about it. Uh, they, they may receive natural consequences for using unkind words that a friend doesn't want to be with them or, or whatever it is. Uh, there are natural consequences, and that's just a natural reaction of what happens uh, when a kid makes a bad choice. The next one is logical consequences. Uh, one thing to, to be sure when you're uh, giving out consequences is that we're not a, we're not a first offense kind of people, right? Um, you know, we receive grace every day from the Lord, uh, and I think we need to, uh, you know, share that with our kids. Uh, but the next one is logical consequences, which is basically just a if-then kind of statement for the kids. Uh, for example, say a kid is has scissors and they're waving them around and they're not using them appropriately you can look at them and say hey if you choose to continue using those scissors unsafely then you're going to lose the opportunity to use them right uh, and that puts the ball in their court if they want to listen they can listen um, and they can continue using those scissors and if they don't want to listen then they will lose those but you have set the ground you have set the logical consequence of hey if this continues this will happen and when it does happen uh, you can act on it without a kid being blindsided or misunderstanding or anything making sure it's uh, very clear uh, the third one is restorative consequences um, and this one ties pretty closely with natural consequences right so if you hit a friend Naturally, they probably don't want to hang out with you. And so uh, in order to repair that, you have to have a restorative consequence where uh, you maybe have to have a hard face-to-face -face conversation with the kid uh, where, you know, the two kids have to come together and the one who hit the other one has to apologize and say sorry in person. Maybe it's writing a note or writing a paper about uh, why what they did was wrong. Maybe it's, you know, whatever it is, restorative consequences are having to do something to restore a relationship that was hurt by what they did. So restorative consequences are super good for these kids uh, to understand 
uh, one that, that you can uh, make mistakes and still be forgiven, right? I think that's really super important for these kids uh, to understand that when they make mistakes, uh, it's not the end of the world. A lot of them feel like when they make mistakes, uh, you know, they're going to have to deal with something very difficult uh, or hard and that they might as well just not deal with it at all. A lot of kids may shut down or or get afraid or upset when they've done something wrong, but when they see that they can do these things and not deal with um, major consequences, then it makes a really big difference for them. And then once again, just remember that as we're giving out these consequences. One, having good standards of consequences in your ministry is good, uh, right? Every kid that comes in, they know uh, that, you know, if they're not listening well, uh, then first we're going to come talk to them. Uh, The next thing we're going to do is we're going to move them from the area uh, to avoid the distractions that are in that area, whether it's friends or activities or something. Uh, The third thing is uh, we'll move them away from the group. Um, And obviously that is not trauma, uh, trauma trauma-informed specific, right? Uh, but we'll move them away from the group and we'll talk with their parents. Uh, and the number four, uh, the four strike is we will bring the parents up from service. Um, and for that one, I I think I've done that once. Um, and it was an extremely violent outburst from a kid that had to be addressed right then and there. Um, so, you know, that was one of the only times that that really had to happen. I, I, I don't ever try and pull a parent out of service unless it is something totally uh, crazy like that. Um but having those standards set, a kid comes in and they kind of know the expectation. Um, and so make sure that your consequences are well stated and well put out for the kids. Uh, for those trauma-specific kids, right, uh, it may not be the same as uh, your other kids. And that might re- require explaining to some of the kids who are saying, oh, hey, why did they do this and not get in trouble uh, and walking that through. Uh, but when you are uh, giving consequences for those kids who have experienced trauma, make sure you lay those out, right? The logical consequences are super good because a kid can see, oh, if I do this, then this is what's going to happen. And they can react out of, uh, you know, out of that. They have the expectations set for them. Um, and then, as always, make sure your consequences are proportionate to uh, the action taken. Um, make sure that it is not blown out of proportion, that if a kid hits a kid, that they cannot come back the next week, or they've lost you know, some extreme privilege, they can't participate in anything. Right? We want to make sure that uh, none of our consequences um, are uh, overly... Uh, overly harsh um, or unnecessary for the kids. Uh, And then lastly, uh, here's a few things I just want you guys to think through um, when it comes to your kids, is that you're going to run into kids who potentially need a lot more help, right? You're going to run into kids who are consistent problems, who consistently have issues. Uh, And so here's a few solutions for you. If you have uh, consistent uh, issues with kids, here's some more intensive options. The first one is you can uh, come up with a behavioral support team. Uh, and that can be a group of people in your ministry uh, who have uh, specializations and things like that, who have specializations in, uh, you know, special needs, uh, who have specializations in behavioral health or whatever. Uh, I can almost guarantee that you've got somebody in your church community that can help you with that. And if not, uh, you have schools and stuff that I'm sure would love to resource you, right? Uh, schools are dealing with the same thing. And if they can partner with their church to help kids, um, you know, Uh, help regulate and and heal from some of that trauma, then I'm sure that they would love to do that. 
So we're going to create a behavioral support team uh, who can sit down, uh, who maybe can observe a kid in their behavior and come up with some plans and some solutions for those kids every day. Uh, another one is one-on-one -on -one buddies. We have several of those in our ministry um, who can sit with those kids who have additional needs, whether it is special and additional needs or it's trauma, uh, and can really be that one-on-one -on -one person who that if something pops off and the kid needs to go out, that there's someone always available to walk them out of the room. There's someone always there with them if they're uh, making poor choices, someone can correct and stand with them and help them walk through those really difficult things. Uh, and then lastly, consider adding, adding sensory rooms into your ministry, uh, where if you have a kid that gets dysregulated easily, that gets frustrated or upset easily, they can go into that sensory room uh, where there's fidgets, where there's books, where there's uh, signs and posters to help them identify their feelings uh, and help them calm themselves down into something uh, more reasonable where you can begin to reason and relate uh, and, and help find solutions for them. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope you all enjoyed. I ended up splitting this into two. So you guys listened to the first half last week uh, and the second half this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I can't wait to keep diving in more and more into uh, what we've got here for uh, walking through uh, difficult times with our kids. I'll catch you guys next week with our next episode. Bye.